that letter, I would say, oh, I know you wouldn't be married by now. I know you would not have kid by now. You know, I know you were such a strong career woman and you would do anything for your career. And then I read that letter. I think I had that letter still. I'm like, you know, it's so different, but I still have the career I wanted and I have the family I wanted. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sacrifice your life for whatever you want to achieve for your career. And I think I would be so proud of myself. Hello, my love, and welcome to the Boldly Courageous podcast. My name is Melissa Martin. I am a business and embodiment coach and creator of the Boldly Courageous community. Just like you, I've walked through some dark seasons in life, and I know what it's like to start over again and write a new story. This podcast is here to activate you, to show you what's possible when you embody your power and walk with courage and fear in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Each week, you will hear authentic conversations with thought leaders and visionaries as we dive deep into topics such as spirituality, business, money, relationships, sexuality, and so much more so that you can fully embody your boldly courageous self. Are you ready? Let's drop in. Hey, real quick before we dive into the episode, I need to let you know about something really, really special to me. So if you're anything like me and you've had this calling on your heart to start a podcast, but you have no idea where to start, I want to introduce you to the incredible team that I have worked with literally from day one of launching Boldly Courageous over at Podcast Co. They have just released a self-paced course called Launch Your Fucking Podcast. This program will literally take you through step-by-step of launching your podcast from start to finish. You will learn everything about how to create and find the foundation and mission of your podcast, how to come up with the perfect name, get super clear on your audience and the structure of your show. Also, you will learn how to record, how to produce, how to edit, and also hosting, music, creating the perfect cover and building a successful launch strategy. Basically, by the end of the program, you will have launched a podcast that feels authentic and expansive to you, labeling you as the expert that is ready to impact and grow your audience in whatever phase of life they may be at. So all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes, use code boldly courageous at checkout, and you will get a hundred dollars off the launch your fucking podcast course. So now let's jump into the episode. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous Podcast. As always, I am so grateful that you are here with me today. And something that is hugely important to me when it comes to my business is brand partnerships. And I take these very seriously whether it's a brand that I share on my social media, sharing my incredible podcast editor here on the podcast, or any sort of brand partnerships that I do for in-person events and experiences. And this past fall, I hosted the Devoted Retreat. And part of hosting a retreat experience is having gifts and swag for my attendees. And I could very easily go to some larger companies and ask for brand partnerships, but I really love supporting small businesses. And I had a vision for the Devoted Retreat to gift our women with the experience of luxury and silk with silk eye masks and scrunchies. So I took to Etsy And I reached out to a brand called Cute Sass. And I 
spoke to the owner. Her name is Sophia. And she is a young 23-year-old immigrant from Vietnam that it was a new mom and had literally worked for every single thing that she has in life and had this beautiful business and the mission behind it. It touched my heart so much. I was like obsessed, (laughs) like new bestie, could not wait to bring her on the podcast to share her story. So today you're going to hear a conversation with Sophia Vo, and she's going to tell some really incredible stories about her life of emigrating to the U.S. completely by herself as a 15-year-old from Vietnam, navigating through trauma and a lot of the things that she's had to do from therapy and personal development work to heal from that trauma, to then becoming a mom, to starting her own business, to getting married and owning her own home all under the age of 25. Like she is truly an incredible person. And in this episode, she shares so much wisdom and truth and honesty and vulnerability and vision. It's going to be one of my favorite episodes. I know I say that about every episode, but truly like this conversation really warmed my heart. And I know that it's going to warm yours as well. So Sophia is the founder of Cute Sass and AO Die by Cute Sass. She moved from Vietnam to the U.S. alone when she was 15 years old. And since then, Sophia has worked through high school, college, and university while also going through the motions of finding herself and her dreams. She founded her company in her dorm room in 2019, desiring to make women find their goddess selves. And through that journey, Sophia overcame her emotional trauma and found what set her soul on fire. Within three years, she has grown to become a successful entrepreneur, reaching financial freedom and continued her dreams of making other women feel more beautiful. AO Die by Cute Sass is her new venture with a mission to bring Vietnamese culture to America by making traditional Vietnamese dresses available to all ages and tastes. Without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Sophia. Sophia, welcome to the Boldly Courageous podcast. It is such an honor to have you here. And I'm so excited for this conversation as we were just chatting, you know, before we hit record. And something that is really present for me, really obvious for me about you is your light. Like you have this beautiful, infectious light about yourself and your mission, your brand, the lives that you want to impact. Um, the path that you're on. And I am just grateful that, you know, the universe kind of brought us together in the way that it did and that I've gotten the opportunity to to know you and your story on a little bit of a deeper level. So thank you for being here. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Melissa. I'm so grateful to be like with you. I followed you since we met and I'm so thankful too to meet you. I think every time I feel down, I would look at your Instagram and I would feel better and I would feel like oh you know it's somebody that's there relating with me like been through the hard times and she's here shining and I think you inspired me too in a lot of way honestly like follow you in like in silence and, and I just see it's a big like woman supporting woman in ways that even a lot of people don't see and I'm, I'm grateful like we match and I think we really match in like personality wise and I love, I love being here and I love speaking with you. So I cannot wait to like see what conversation is going. Thank you. I received that. Okay. So with that being said, what is one boldly courageous <laughs> thing that you've done recently? Recently? Oh, I think there's a lot of boldly courageous 
thing I've done in my life. But recently, I think I founded a new company. Not like I founded a new company last year, but I think recently I was able to branch out and partner with some amazing woman leader in our community, and it was. I think it was a bold, courageous move because it was such a big organization. So my com my new company is a clothing company. We sell Vietnamese traditional um clothing, and I yeah, and I was so passionate about it. I'm still passionate about it because I'm from Vietnam, and I think like living and and making like the cultural pieces and Vietnamese culture live on is something I'm so passionate about. And this um, organization is the biggest nonprofit organization in America that hosts the Tet Festival. Tet Festival. Tet Festival is the biggest Vietnamese holiday in, in like around the world, right? Like for Vietnamese people, and they hold the biggest um, pa uh, festival here. So I was able to sponsor the pageant, and they. Um, with my outfit, with my dresses, and we get the staff to wear my dresses. We have I was I would be making the dresses for the contestant and for their photo shoots, and that photo shoot going to be printed to um to be sent out to a lot of people in the Vietnamese community to show like oh you know these young people even they they was born here they love these dresses they love the Vietnamese culture and it helped to have like. This cultural piece live on even through the the younger generations, no. generation. So, yeah, it's something that I was really excited and passionate about. Like recently, just over the past month. Mm. What was that like seeing your designs and your beautiful dresses like on these contestants and in such a beautiful spotlight? I think it was so surreal. I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe like we would. I would make it like to something that printed one day, right? I think it's just so surreal. But I think for me, it's a proud but also a humble moment. Like I think at some point, I start to realize, oh, maybe it's it's the it's my life mission. Like it's something I I do for my life. Like I found my purpose, and I think to walk with courage and fear. To pursue what set my soul on fire, right? And it really does set my soul on fire. I could think about it all day. I could talk about it, and I think maybe that's what my purpose is in life—to make my culture live on through like different fashion pieces or like cultural pieces. And I think, yeah, and it's just a humble moment, and I'm like a realization in my heart that mm -hmm. oh, maybe I found my purpose. Mm. Yeah. Had you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? I think it came to me by probably by like destiny. Not, I think when I was little, I always wanted to be a business person, right? And I think business person is different from being an entrepreneur. Being a this business person, like my mom is a trader. She's a business person. She she buys something and she sell it, but that doesn't make you an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is somebody that own a business but also make something new or better, and that's an entrepreneur. And for me, I think growing up, I wanted to be a business person. But entrepreneurship come to me 
my destiny. I, when I have my baby, I will see, and it was during COVID, and I see a lot of things, like a lot of needs arise during that time. And I would think, oh, how how do I meet that needs? Like, oh, like I I was thinking I was a mom and I was sleep I didn't get enough sleep. So I'm like, how do I? Like, I'm sure a lot of people are stressed and wanted to get more sleep, but how do I make it better? So I, I'm thinking, oh, like the pillows is something you lay on your head every night. How about you mix a pillowcase? Like you have a pillowcase that is nice, but also not too expensive. Because for me, like I couldn't afford so expensive stuff at the time, even now, <laughs> you know, and I that's what I did. And like at the time when people wear masks and they start to get acne, I'm like, well, the the material that the mask is made of give people acne, but we can use the silk that we've been using for the silk pillowcase for the mask. And I think like when there's an issue, I I was always trying to find a way to fix it in my like fix it and bring it to reality. And it, you know, and people love it. And I think that is a that what makes me an entrepreneur. And I think it comes by destiny and like by me paying attention to things and and knowing how to fix things. But I don't think growing up, I would be like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like I would be, I would be changing the world and stuff. Like maybe in different way, but not in this way. Mm. I love yeah. that. And it's, it's, it is like when you really think about service of like, oh, how can I solve a problem or how can I fit a need for someone? And when you're operating from a place of service, it it's kind of going back to what you were sharing before of like seeing your visions come to life and representing a culture that you love so much you're in service to that to that vision or you're in service to that culture and then other people benefit from that right they feel yeah. good about themselves and then when they feel good there's like a ripple effect that kind of goes like hand in hand with that right yeah exactly i think you just spot on exactly i think i think also like um how yeah like how you feel strongly about something like I was three years ago I was in a market like I was looking for an ally for myself and I was like why is this cultural pieces we live in a Vietnamese population like so like a big Vietnamese community and how come it's so hard to affordable price point it shouldn't be and and how do I change that I'm like, I'm gonna change that I'm not gonna I'm gonna make it affordable I'm gonna make it accessible I'm gonna make it size inclusive because my friends come to me and be like oh well, I'm like plus size or mid size and I couldn't find an ally because in Asia the body is so small like they are slim and the body standard there is like if you're skinny you're pretty and I don't think that should be the case right and I think I'm like you and then I want to change that and I want to make ally plus size and mid size and I want to show that you are pretty regardless. Like you can wear these cultural pieces. You don't have to feel like sad or shameful about your body because you are beautiful the way you are. And I think we add plus size and people love that. We add a collections that really like go back in the day when the, the old dynasty, when there used to be a king and queen in our country. So it's really like historical related and we add that. And I think for me is to help people to, learn more about the culture and like young people now they love learning about like the Vietnamese culture too so we added that collection last month and it was loved by a lot of people mm. yeah so and plus size is something we do differently the historical piece is something you do differently we are the first company in America 
to ever launch a Vyakthup collection. Vyakthup meaning ancient Vietnam clothing come like collection. And that was, and yeah, that means a lot to me. I don't think, I even think like, oh, I'm going to make so much money from this and stuff. I, I think just service, like just help people and just make people feel beautiful. Yeah, so service to my culture and service to the people. Yeah, I can tell that your Vietnamese culture is really, really important to you. And it's something that you, you've you carried with you. And um, in the very beginning of the podcast, you mentioned there were several boldly courageous things that you've done in your lifetime. And is there one in particular that really stands out for you or a story that you'd like to share? Yeah, so um, I I am an immigrant. So I I came here when I was 15. I came to America when I was 15 and I came here by myself. And I would like, I remember I would tell my mom, I'm like, mom, I want to go to America. I want to have an education there. Because at, at the time I was thinking like in Vietnam, it was the case. Like if you, even if you're really good, you have to like know a certain people to get a certain job. Like even it just some simple job. And then I would tell, I would think like, why do I have, to bribe somebody or like know somebody to get a job. I should be able to get a job because I'm good. And how am I gonna get the education that everybody going to going to accept? And it's for, for me, it was going to America to get an education. And at the time my mom was crying. She was like, no, Sophia, just stay with me. Like stay with me and I'll give you whatever you wanted. She literally would say that. And I'm like, no mom, I would have, things on my own, I will earn things that I deserve, like not passed down from you. And I would, you know, I live everything. I pack my life literally in the, in two suitcases and walk into the airport, barely know any, any English and come here to America. And it was a big, big move. And I don't know anybody here. Like I live at the time with my aunt and she wasn't, you know, it's crazy how like she she may listen to this podcast. <laughs> like she wasn't the nicest person to me, honestly. Like she for me right now to talk about it, it's it going through a, I've gone through a lot of therapy. Like I cry a lot and it affects me in a lot of aspects in my life. And for me to sit here and talk about her in a calm voice. And she yeah, I think it was a period of two years of emotionally, emotional trauma, emotional abuse. It was undermining my my effort, undermining my my intelligence. I, I even say like sometimes I would want to go to a night school because I came here for education, right? And I wanted to take the SAT. I didn't get to go to like the public school with the American kids. So I wanted to take the SAT and I wanted to do all these things that American kids do so I can get to a nice university. But then I would remember she would tell me, oh, Sophia, why like you only do this because you want to show off to people that you can get this. You don't really care for education. And she would say things like, oh, I understand you so much. But if you understand me, like, why would you even say those things? I'm not that type of people who like go around show off these kind of like, oh, I'm so smart or whatever. And then, yeah, it was just two years of traumatizing 
honestly. And then I finally moved out and I finally moved out at the time I was suicidal. I was, I think I was growing up kind of suicidal and I think I moved out, I met my husband and we got married, but even we got married, I was suicidal still. I, I didn't know, like I didn't know that I was so damaged, like I was so broken in my heart. And I think what, one thing that hurt me the most was my mom who would tell me, oh, Sophia, you get to where you are today because of your aunt, because she trained you to be a tougher woman. So you should thank her. I don't know if she really means it, but I think that's really triggered me. And I think that hurts me a lot. And I held that pain in my heart for the longest time. Like I would talk to my mom like normal, but sometimes it's not like, I know, like I'm still hurt from it. I, I'm still hurt from it and somehow. I just don't, I didn't know like why. And then until six months ago, I talked to a therapist and I started to realize like, oh, I'm so hurt. I'm like, I get triggered easily when people tell me like, oh, Sophia, you, you get to where you're at today because of this, because of that. That was from the pain that my mom caused me, like both my mom and my aunt caused me. And I never realized like that was the case with me. Like, why am I so easily triggered? Why do I get mad, like upset so easily? That's just so not me. And then, yeah, and I went to therapy and it was like healing. I'm healing still from that. Yeah, and I think, and I think that teach me like all oh, the times that I cry so much, the times that I like feel so broken. Like sometimes you're in the darkness and you don't even know that you are because you know, like you feel like you never see the light before, right? Like how do you, how am I know I'm in, I'm in the darkness? And I think I was lucky. I was lucky enough to realize like, oh, this is not me. Like I'm not normal. It's not, not like I'm not normal. It's not normal for a person to feel easily triggered like that. So I would, yeah, and for me to seek therapy. And I think it was a moment like of strength for me. Like I know a lot of Asians, like your old, like old people would say like, oh, you're strong, you don't cry. Like if you're strong, you don't, you just let it go. But I cannot, like, it's not like that for me. Sometimes people would still tell me, Sophia, it's been seven years. It's been this many years. Why don't you just forget about it and let it go? But, and it made me feel bad about myself sometimes. But it's not like, it's not like that. It's not that easy. Sometimes I live with it for the rest of my life, but I deal with it and I learn how to live with it. And I think for me, it's a sign of strength. Me, maybe people don't think it's strong to hold something like that in your heart. I'm not trying to hold on to it, but like I'm dealing with it. And um, maybe sometimes I will still cry about it and I, it changed me forever. And I sometimes I feel sad about things or like when people tell me, oh, Sophia, you, you're so lucky to get to where you are today. And I would feel like, oh, why do you even say that? Like, it's not lucky. Like I work all the time, but you know, I think those moments I just have to remind myself, you know, Sophia, it's okay to feel hurt. It's okay to feel broken, but you don't have to stay broken. 
and it is you cry your tears you you get mad your emotions the emotions that deem to be that's deemed to be assigned of like weakness is not weakness it's actually strength like i feel strong that i'm able to cry and feel myself and feel like i'm hurt and feel like you know i'm creeping out of this darkness and actually seek help and i think seeking help is important it's a sign it's a sign of strength right and like i want to yeah and i think that just remind me no matter how weak it may feel especially going up in this asian culture how weak people may may think you are you are actually strong like seeking help and and other like showing your emotion is strong and i think yeah it was like a boldly courageous move just to like seek help and to cry and i think it was yeah it was courageous mhm Thank you for sharing that. I think it's so important for people to to see because you know we see the highlight reel on social media, or exactly. you see this you know young woman who's married and has a beautiful family and a nice house and a successful business that you don't realize what goes on behind the scenes and and how much resilience it takes and how much self awareness it takes. And I truly believe that your life and your business grows to the extent that you are willing to grow, right? And you kind of get to that point where. You just kind of get tired of being in the same story over and over and over again. And it sounds like you kind of got to that point where you're like, "I'm tired of being a victim in my own story. I'm tired of being triggered by this all the time." And you took action to do something. I mean, I think that's a that's a really beautiful thing. And now you're a mother, so I'm sure yeah. that you're. I, I would imagine a lot of this has come full circle for you, right? Because being 15 years old and having this vision that like you want something different for your life and you're meant for something more, and you know, taking this huge risk to leave everything that was familiar to you and get on an airplane and go to a country where you don't speak the language and you don't know anybody, I can only imagine. How your mom must have felt like watching her daughter leave and being so far away, and now that you're a mom and you have a daughter, so how has that changed kind of your perspective on leadership and responsibility and empowerment? Like how, your daughter's three, yeah, she's three years old yeah, now. She's three, yeah. she's three. Time mm-hmm. flies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know honestly. I never really think it through. Like it, I feel like it just happened so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think growing up, up until I was pregnant, I was such a a career woman. I was willing. I was <laughs> ready to sacrifice everything to to have the career I wanted. Like really, but I think it happened so fast. Like we had her. Um, my husband and I found out we had her when she was like two months old. So. Two two months, like I when I was two months pregnant, and that just tell you like how much not expected I was. <laughs> I was like not having my period for like four months, and I'm like, there's no way I'm pregnant. I have an IUD, okay? There's no way I'm pregnant. <laughs> and then also she she came, and I was like, oh, my husband and I, we was crying, we was crying in our mattress, really in the room that we rent it's not even an apartment that we rent it was a room that we could afford at the time and crying i was thinking at the time that like oh my life just like what am i gonna do i can't have anything now like i would just am i gonna be poor like this forever 
<laughs> I'm gonna be broke forever. Like how? What's about my career and the education? I had nothing in my in my head, in my in my hand really. And then my dad and I would call my dad, and as you know, I think I was so young at a time. We at some point we were even thinking about abortion, and like, yeah, and that you know people may bash at me now. <laughs> like, why? How can you even like think about abort aborting your kid? And but it was we was nineteen. I was 19 and my husband was 20. And then I think I was really thankful for my father. Like I called him and I was like, dad, I'm pregnant. And he was started, he started laughing. He was smiling. He was so happy. And he told me, oh, Sophia, kid is a blessing. It's not something you ask for or not ask for. Sometimes people want kid and they cannot have a kid. Or sometimes you don't want kid and a kid come to you and it's a gift that you take in and you nurture your kid and it's a destiny. Like in Asian, we in Asian culture, we believe in in karma and destiny in like you or like past life and, and this life. So it's something that you you meant to have. Kid is something you meant to have. And and that makes me feel so much better. And and I would like, you know, I would have her and I started to accept that okay, I'm gonna be a young mom. I'm gonna have her when I'm in school but I know what I'm gonna finish school and I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to get the career I wanted with her next to me and and she changed me in so many ways I think she changed me from being like I was I was emotional like I was crying out of trigger right and then with her she give she changed me like she gave me so much or she make me discovered a lot of soft, soft spot in my heart that I never knew it existed mm-hmm. I think leadership is like so so simple like now not simple like it comes from little things you don't have to be an executive in a company to be a leader like me with my life are you the leader of your life or well, I'm like now me I'm my kid's leader in a way, right? I lead her to where she, to where she supposed to go, or, or to I lead her in her decisions. And I think, you know, it takes courage, but it takes a lot of love. And I like I'm such a chill mom. I'm like a chill mom. I thought I would be like a tiger mom. Like, oh, Nami, you have to know your number. You have to know your letters. You have to know everything. By the time you're five, you're gonna know this math or whatever but now I'm so chill I'm so chill like people don't believe it I'm like sometimes I look at my camera like oh can she like is she gonna stay back in school (laughs) because I'm just so freaking chill I look at her as my I'm like her young cousin or whatever like sometimes I call her Nami come here to sister but she's not my sister was like because like I'm so chill like I'm gonna have to give her the childhood that she deserve like she want you want to play go play if you want to like have paints all over yourself go play in your backyard go do it I'm not gonna make you sit at this table like I was <laughs> and study math and I think you know that and if you want to do dance you want to do art you want to do whatever you want to do I will I will help you I will help you with it because I didn't have a chance to do that and I think it was a, like for me that shaped my style of leadership too. Like I'm more chill with my team and the partner that I work with. 
like I I'm like you know you want like if you're good in this aspect you know let's do it like if you want to try this out let's do it why do you have to stay in this little box like I'm like I'm thinking why do I but like you're not a robot right like you or if you and I'm fine if like my employee my team member have emotions like they comes to me sometimes they come and tell me also we are like I have I break up my boyfriend or I'm like oh you know, and I would talk to them. And I think that shaped my style of leadership. You don't have to be this tough person. Like you can be a soft and chill and like the little sister, like a sister leadership kind of thing, like sisterhood mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And I think my my daughter really made me the person that I am today. Like I'm so resilient and I'm willing to sacrifice. I sacrifice, oh, I sacrifice my sleep for her and for my career like my not so close coming you know and I'm like you know I was sacrificing and before I'm not a very like sacrificing person I would say yeah so I think she changed me for the better and like she made me more of like a giving person like my husband and I want to have a foundation where we support the young children and elderly in the third world country, especially Vietnam, to have them go to school and have a home for themselves. And I think she inspired me to do that because I would look at her to look, oh, she has a home, she has a house, she has food to eat. And I would see all the kids don't have it and I want to give it to them. And I think she inspired me to be like a better person and a better leader that understands and, and give yeah, and make sacrifices. So thank my daughter. Mm. isn't it amazing to think about these little beings these little souls that incarnate when they do and the the beautiful part about your story was that she came whether you wanted her to or not and and what that's changed for you right so like steve Jobs says you can't connect dots looking forward you can only connect the dots looking backwards right and so in that moment for you it probably felt like why is this happening to me i can't afford this my life is over like all the all the thoughts that are going through your mind and yet what i'm hearing you say is she's become the catalyst for a deeper purpose for you of a deeper embodiment of your feminine allowing that playful creative side to come out probably shifting your perspective on what's important in your life and how you lead yourself and even the foundation that you want to start, like how you want to give and serve in a completely different way is, you know, and and she was the catalyst for that. So in that moment, it probably felt like my life is over, right? Like I haven't even accomplished all the things I'm not ready, but she came and then has, you know, provided this new perspective for you and this new roadmap in a way that you never could have planned on your own, you know? Yeah, she did. I think she's a gift. I think she's really a gift to me. Like she's a gift given to me. And I think ever since we we have her, we believe in like, in, in Asian, it's funny. We believe in horoscope. Like mm-hmm. she's a sign. So my sign is earth. I'm an earth sign. And then my husband is water, right? Earth and water. And then she came along and she was a tree. The sign is a tree. So it's a sign of life, like earth, a tree, and water. And then it was a sign of life. And I think ever, I don't know if it's true or not, but like ever, time, ever since she came along, our life becomes so much smoother. Like my husband got into the university that he once failed. 
he appealed. He has to appeal. Can you believe it? He has to appeal. And then he got in. And at the time, I was seven months pregnant. And then I got into the, the school. And ever since, what, he passed all of his classes. I think he felt like one class. That thing was not. He is not a school person. And then he met, he met me. I'm such a school person. But like, ever since you got her, he got his degree. We, well, I, I got my degree. We both walked graduations two times together. One time was for community college and I was like eight months pregnant. We walked community college graduation together. And two years, three years later, we walked um, university together. So we graduated at the same time with her on my side. And then with the business, right? She was born 2019. And I founded my ever first company in December, 2019. And I think... Yeah, and I think for me, it was a, I was like, oh, you know what? I Maybe at the time, I was just thinking, oh, I maybe have to find like, different ways to, to raise my family. <laughs> really, like I maybe it was the motive, right? And then she, yeah, and I think that's when I founded my company and the company and me and my husband, we all grow together along with her. And I will remember her little hand trying to help like with like pick my orders or she was like, tape the thing for me. And I remember my husband would helping me pick the order while feeding Naomi on the floor. She was sitting on the little sit up chair and she would, he would feed Naomi and then go and pick the order and give it to me. And I would pack the order and this little, yeah, it was a little living room that we have. And like, we all grow together. And I think, see, right. We graduated, we got the business going. We got this house this year. I got my citizenship this year. Yeah. That's amazing. And we went back with Vietnam and we had a wedding. So that was the first time ever my parents get to see my husband and my kid in wow. person. Wow. Yeah. I haven't seen them for like six years. Six years and until the time I went back. It was crazy. Yeah, so, so I she really, really bring like luck to my life. <laughs> <laughs> what would the 15-year-old Sophia, oh. think about this version of you right now. I feel like she would be so proud. She would be so proud. She would be, I had a letter that I wrote when I was 15 to myself 10 years later. And I, and I think in that letter, I would say, oh, I know you wouldn't be married by now. I know you would not have kids by now. You know, I know you were such a strong career woman and you would do anything for your career. And then I read that letter. I think I had that letter still. And like, you know, it's so different, but I still have the career I wanted and I have the family I wanted. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sacrifice your life for whatever you want to achieve for your career. And I think I would be so proud of myself to be where I'm at. And I think I make more happen, like more things happen. I think a 15 years old me, would think at 24 years old, I would just have, I would have like a working job. And that's what I meant by a career. Yeah. It's amazing. Like that hasn't even been 10 years, right? Like how quickly things can change and how drastic your life can shift. And we think that, you know, especially being 15 years old, 10 years, probably 25 seems like a lifetime away, but it goes by so quickly. So when you think forward to the next 10 years, what Ooh. what is the vision that you have for the next 10 years? Okay. Next 10 years, my daughter would be 
13, GB 13. I probably have another one. So 13 and nine. <laughs> 13 and nine. I think my husband and I would be, I would still running my company. I would envision my company to be a big company. Yeah, and I would have more time to spend with my daughter. I think we would have my foundations, our foundations, and we would be able to go on, actually go and support the the people, like be there in person to support the young children and the, the elderly in the third world country. We will actually be there. Mm -hmm. And I think we just have more time, like with the, yeah, with our business and be able to support the, the Vietnamese community or like just business women. I love to, su to support all the business women in like, I would probably give us scholarships and business grants for, for other startup. Yeah, and I, I, I think so. I think in 10 years, we have more time, we'll be more stable, we're able to help more people. My kid will be grown and I hope, I hope she grow up to be an, a strong, person like a strong she can be who she is but like you know a strong and willing to pursue what she wants to pursue in life like to be a woman who walk with courage and fear mm. to pursue what set her soul on fire really I should print that I should print that and put on my room I would do that I print that quote I love that quote sometimes I just walk okay this is so I have different personality and I name my different personality like I have name for the Okay, I have like <laughs> a Sadie. Sadie is, is me when I do customer service. I'm a Sadie. <laughs> because Sadie is so um they're so friendly. Sadie is a friendly woman. She will help you with everything. She helped you with your orders. She helped you with your, with your like problem, but like customer service, a friendly person, Sadie. She don't take things personal. And then I have a Julie, <laughs> Julie, Julie is a, like, I picture Julie is a wavy hair, 22 years old girl, always happy and like always have this young spirit and always smiling. And I always, I take Julie to Target. So when I have a Target, I'm a Julie. I take Julie to Target. I'm like, oh, oh my God, so cute. Take me a picture. <laughs> I was Julie. And then I have, I have a Sophia. Sophia is me. Like Sophia is just a, like so it's emotional. Sophia has like this. Sometimes she Sophia has this deep thought. Sophia is a mom. Sophia is the person at home, mm -hmm. and so much more dimension. And I have this is Sophia, and then I think you know I was joking. I'm like I need to find a name for a drunk Sophia because a drunk Sophia is a mix of Julie and Sophia. Because I'm like this young, happy self, but like also sometimes like, oh, so cute. And that is like a little Sophia. So I got to find a name for my young self. And like, I have five ways to motivate myself, Melissa. Like I would, like sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm a woman. Literally, I would say I'm a woman who walk with courage and fear to pursue what set my soul on fire. Really, like I love 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 that quote and it's so it resonates with me so much I would like sometimes walk with that like or like something when I'm driving I would listen to like the, the song I would listen to like you know the 
some motivating song and I would tell myself that I'm a woman who walk with courage and fear to set my soul on fire. And then that's when I realized, oh, you know what set my soul on fire? Oh, I thought what set my soul on fire. And then I would have like, I literally have a crown in my house where like sometimes I, when I feel like a goddess, I would wear the crown. Like just wear a crown and walk around or like wear a crown and sit and walk. I love this. I think it's so important to embody yeah. these different versions it's, of ourselves, oops. right? Because we, we all have these different <laughs> archetypes within us. And, and it, I love hearing what the boldly courageous woman is and what it stands for, like just resonates with you so much. Like it's, it's the greatest gift that I could ever receive is just hearing how other women embody that, you know, that belief within themselves that, yeah, like you are always going to walk with courage and fear and you're going to do it anyway. And, and that you now get to be the, the walking, talking embodiment of that for your daughter. So I love, I love that. And, um, I can't wait to see, you know, that the, the combination of Sophia and Julie together and (laughs) which archetype comes out, that's going to be so much fun to see. Um, okay. So, for those that want to have some cute sass in their life and all the amazing silk goodies and all of the incredible, uh, beautiful, intentional creations that you have been bringing out into this world, what is the best way for, for our listeners to connect with you and to do that? Yeah. So, so we are on, uh, you can get us from on our website.com. That's for our silk product. And if you want Vietnamese to see, you know, to see what our Vietnamese culture look like or what our clothing look like, go to ouryaibyqsas.com. Um, Melissa will include a link for you. We are on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and a, a sneak peek for you guys. We will be available on Amazon Prime soon. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. And Etsy, that's no, how I found you. And and Etsy. Yeah. That's how we connected was on Etsy. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I follow up. I'll let you know. But it was a big, 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 it was a big move, right? Moly courageous move to get on Amazon Prime to see what our Alia is going, where our stuff is going on Amazon Prime. This is so exciting. Okay. I love that. We will include all of the links in the show notes so our listeners can shop and they can stay up to date on all the amazing things that you are creating in this world. I love this conversation. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. I just love the way you think and um, your story is so inspiring to me and everything that you've grown through and everything that you will continue to, to do. So thank you so much for um, being the woman that you are and partnering with the devoted retreat, our ladies loved the eye mask. They loved the hair curlers. They loved the scrunchies. Um, it really just helped them to feel that same way of like that deeper level of devotion and, and like bringing a touch of luxury to the retreat. So I'm so grateful for your partnership and to have had this conversation with you and to have gotten to know the woman behind the brand. It's so important to me that, um, when I'm supporting small businesses that I, I want to know the story behind the brand. Um, so thank you so much. Okay. Last question. Mm-hmm. I would love to know what are you celebrating right now? <gasps> what am I celebrating right now? Right now I would say celebrate this year 
because we're wrapping up the year. So I celebrate this year. It's such a big year for me. And I think I don't really celebrate much. So this year I'm going to celebrate the success and the achievement that, that we got, like my husband and I. We graduated, we got the house. We, before we got the house, I was 23, he was 24. We got the house. I got my citizenship. We able to went back to go back to Vietnam to visit my families. We had a wedding there. And then I, I come back. Yeah, and he got a full-time job. Yeah, and the business is branching. So I'm going to celebrate that this year. It's amazing. I'm going to celebrate that. Yeah. That is amazing. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you again, Sophia, for being here. If you guys love this episode, please share it. Tag me, tag Sophia. Let us know, as always, what your biggest takeaway was. And until the next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life. Bye.